1: From parades and parties to activism and protests, LGBTQ folks in Massachusetts and around the country are in the midst of celebrating Pride Month. But Boston's relationship with Pride has a complicated history. COVID forced the cancellation of the signature Pride Parade and other events in 2020 and 2021. And in 2021... After charges of racism and mismanagement, the group that organized the city's parade for decades dismantled. And last year's Pride Parade was canceled. A new organization, Boston Pride for the People, emerged in its wake, promising a more inclusive organization and celebrations. Later in the show, most wine is aged in a barrel above ground. But some winemakers are aging wine deep in the ocean.
0: Mussels and crustaceans and stuff will start to grow on the bottle so that you have an external, very naturalistic representation of this wine having been aged
1: under the sea. From English sparkling wine aged 100 feet below sea level to a cottage cheese comeback, our food and wine gurus weigh in. But first, joining me now, Adriana Bolin, president of Boston Pride for the People. Hi, Adriana. Hi, thanks for having me here. So glad to have you. Also with me, Julia Golden, interim president of Trans Resistance MA. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have both of you. So I'm just going to repeat a little context so people can kind of be on the same page with us. So the parade, which was the signature piece, uh, hasn't happened since 2019. And the organization that uh, arranged the parade that um, had supported it for many, many years, dismantled in 2021, Uh, because of a lack of inclusion. Here is how CBS Boston reported that dissolving. The Boston Pride organization is dissolving. The group has promoted equality for the LGBTQ community for more than 50 years, but volunteers say they've received complaints that they are not inclusive enough. And in a statement, they say they do not wish to stand in the way of change. So, as we've said, Adriana, uh, Boston Pride for the People, a completely new organization, has emerged in the wake of all that controversy. Um, and you say your organization is uh, different and focused on the future uh, in a way that Boston Pride was not able to achieve. Uh, tell us about it.
2: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to share. Uh, our organization is focused on uh, two main things. One is Um, organizing our city's pride parade and festival, as well as uplifting throughout the year, all the amazing work that happens in our community via leaders, organizers, organizations, and businesses. And we do that work. The root of that work is at the foundation of four principles. One is through commemoration. Pride started as a protest. There are people who risked their lives, lost their lives to enable us to have a lot of the freedoms and experience the freedoms that we have now and we want to honor and commemorate that work. The second is educate, though some of us are living certain freedoms and experiences now because of the work that was done, many of us are still under attack our youth, our our, our trans community folks who are seeking to get gender-affirming care, there's so much more for us to fight and advocate for, and we need to educate the community about that. The third principle is empower. There's so much change that needs to be done, and we're calling on ourselves to be the ones to make that change, but we can't do that if our community is not resourced, if they're not empowered, if they're not given the tools and shown that they can be the ones to carry out the work that needs to be done to create change. And the last is celebration, because though we have all these things going on in our lives in our society. We are so worthy of joy and celebration. We want to make sure that our activities allow for that. And so that is what we're bringing to this year's Parade and Festival and what we hope to continue to grow.
1: And in fact, um, you didn't just pop up now, you kind of popped up in right after or as some of the um, tension was brewing um, in and around Boston Pride, and you were doing smaller events. So explain how that was working. And then you sort of have built a foundation to come full force this year.
2: Well, to clarify, there's been so much work and activation around Pride, what that looks like, and how how to honor and celebrate that before Boston Pride for the People was founded in September, 2022. So before Boston Pride for the People, one of the groups that did a lot of coalition work was Pride for the People, distinct from Boston Pride for the People. And I think that's what you might be referring to. Yes. Pride for the People, one of the activities that I can mention that I was a part of, not as part of Pride for the People, but as an attendee to the coalition meetings, and Julia is someone who facilitated those meetings, so perhaps can share more, but one of the activities of that group was to bring people in coalition to talk about what we do next what 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 are our next steps what does this look like for our city moving forward um and through that work came a lot of different things happening throughout the city through a lot of different leaders and groups folks that are a part of pride for the people other groups coming together and activating efforts throughout the city and i would say Boston Pride for the People came together after the summer of 2022. Folks that were a part of Pride for the People, different folks and organizers in the community that decided um, to create a, a more firm and formal structure um, to organize the Pride Parade and Festival.
1: Yes, uh, Julia, I would love you to add to that because um, after the dissolution of Boston Pride, there was a lot of activity in terms of trying to build consensus, trying, uh, having conversations um, across the tension or trying to um, um, uh, put down the tension, if you will. And so what was happening during that time that then eventually led to Boston Pride for the people?
0: Absolutely. I think that we had 90 organizations throughout Boston and a little bit of the Metro West area have representatives sent to these conversations. Uh, We started off as a group of 90. We whittled down to maybe half of that. And over time, I think we as groups were really trying to figure out What was the mission, values, and how do we lead forward? You know, I think that one of the things that several trans activists and non-binary activists were asking, though, is, you know, there was a thought of, do we bring this parade back? And the other part of it is, well, I don't think we're ready for a parade. We don't even know exactly what the community wants. While all of us are either executive directors of nonprofits or, you know well-known activists in our community this should be a community-led effort and one of the parts of it that was tricky is wanting more trans non-binary and gender inclusive representation um you know I think this reminds me of a quote by Silvia Rivera a Latina uh, trans activist who says this movement has become so capitalistic this is no longer my pride I gave them their pride, but they have not given me mine. And it really talks about the fact that unless you are centering those who are most vulnerable in the community, what good is pride? As as Andrea mentioned, you know, we can talk about um, the history of pride is a revolution and saying that we're no longer, um, you know, going to allow for police to shut down bars and be ashamed of who we are um but again there has been we're still seeing i believe in the past decade uh over 300 black and latina uh trans individuals murdered and that to me would suggest we have to consider um what are we actually raising money for what are we actually doing because the folks who put their life on the line to create pride um, are still at major risk, and so I think it's a sense of some of us decided to, you know, go our own ways. Some of us others were not sure how they fit in this this problem. But I think, um, you know, a lot of people had a lot of big ideas, and there just wasn't one agreement of how to move forward. And so now you're seeing a lot of nonprofits, um, small and medium, really having their own sense of pride. And I think my big ask is at some point. Could the city help us to really market and show what everyone is doing for their own individual prides?
1: Yes, because just to be clear, um, as interim president of Trans Resistance MA, there uh, are activities that are scheduled throughout the month, have been, some have already occurred and others will be happening. um, Because of, as you've expressed, the feeling that uh, the trans community in particular has just not been wholly embraced.
0: No, and I and I think it goes back to when there were certain trans leaders asking to lead the conversation, asking for more representation. Um we kept being told that that we could get to that. Um you know, I think I think that there has been harm done to the trans community by leaving us as an afterthought. Again, to really showcase pride is to put those who are marginalized first you know there's a reason we have even how we say lgbtq we talk about does a T go first do indigenous and native american populations go first in that acronym because we want to highlight those who have been harmed the most and i think i am hoping that there are more statements done by some of the bigger marches and saying what they will be doing to promote um trans equity as Trans resistance is one group and only, you know, the only trans group right now specifically putting on this type of event of a March festival and resource tabling. I think we need more help, and I think that um, there's a reason you saw almost a thousand people in the rain last Saturday. It's because those resources are so poorly needed, and I think that that speaks to um, how else can we collaborate and work with other groups so that we can continue to advocate for those who really need support and and beyond June.
1: So is it a, is it a situation uh, that um, perhaps uh, it's too much to ask to have an overarching uh, organization, um, Adriana, even if Boston Pride for the People would like to be that, that perhaps there are going to be, because of, you know, some, some lingering um, unresolved issues, or, or certainly in the trans group, that there needs to be multiple small parades and prides at this point
2: uh thank you for the question i have two feelings about that question one i think it's powerful that there's so much activity and work happening across the city and in our month in our community in this month in our community and throughout the year i think that's positive what i think we can do better and julia mentioned this too is being more strategic about how we can all meet our missions and use our resources so as we were sitting here thinking about trans equity I was thinking about what specifically does Boston Pride for the people commit to or do in response in to support trans equity or build trans equity and as I think about that I think there we are supporting organizations and entities that are already doing this work and in the field so our goal is to support and carry resources and continue to build capacity in that area and communicating that out to the community i so appreciated you sharing your asks um earlier julia i also agree that i'd love to see the city show what's happening throughout the city so i think it's great that work is happening throughout the city what i would love to see us do is Collaborate more on how we can share resources um, and uplift each other's work, and center the experiences and the lives of the folks who are most marginalized. And that is in alignment with our mission.
1: One of the things that had been sort of a growing um, complaint um, in a lot of sectors—this is before Boston Pride was dissolved—was the feeling that the parade, again, that's the signature piece that most people know and refer to, and that those, when I say most people, that may maybe most people outside of the LGBTQ community, so I, I'll acknowledge that. But they felt like it, the, the uh, Boston Pride had sort of uh, given sway to a kind of corporatization that really undermined what you began with with your four principles, Adriana, saying, you know, reminding folks that Pride started as a protest, um, and that uh, that protest really cause people to lose their lives. As a matter of fact, I just want to put it on the table because some people may not know what that means. But the Stonewall riots were 54 54 years ago in 1969. And um, that was considered, still is considered, a seminal point when folks in the LGBT community said, uh, this stops right now. We're going to let people know what's happening to us, and we're going to be loud about it, and we're going to be visible. Uh, Just as a, a a way for my listeners to to get an understanding about it. Here's Dale Mitchell and Paul Glass, who were interviewed at the 2019 Boston Pride Parade. Remember that was the last one we had about their participation in the original Stonewall Riots.
0: It was crazy. It was it was like totally unexpected. It was like never before seen.
1: Gay people act fighting the cops. I mean, no, that did not make sense. It was scary and it was liberating. Yeah. So that's what a lot of folks were complaining about before all these rising tensions boiled over, that already uh, that sense of protest had sort of been uh, going by the wayside because now we had, I don't know, pride beach towels or water bottles. Um, and that you may disagree, which is fine, uh, to say that that really did not undermine the, the uh, the signature observation and the understanding about the protests and what pride really meant, but I'd like you to respond to it. Did you think, Adriana, that uh, Boston pride had become too corporate?
2: I do. And I think the parade did not look like our community, which is something that we aim for it to be looking like this year and the years beyond and looking like our community. That's why we've decreased our contingents to 75 people per contingent so that we can have more groups in there more community groups more businesses more lgbtq and qt bipoc organizations that are represented in the parade and that's why we pro- provided guidance to our parade marchers to let them to pri- provide guidance on what what they can have on their t-shirts and what they should be passing out and presenting so that it we have that same community feel and that what's re- represented in the parade is what looks like our community
1: and Julia,
0: would you respond to that? Sure. I mean, at, at Trans Resistance, we do not work with any major corporations. Everything that we um, have at our event is created by local artists and um, <clears throat> Boston organizations come together to give us more supplies. Um, and saying that, I think, um, did our trans and LGBTQ elders know what actions at Stonewall happened We're going to to come to this moment, right? We didn't anticipate the commercialization, but we do have to be careful of how people use this as props in the month of June. I mean, look at Target. Target sold all this um, merchandise and then pulled it off the shelves once conservatives said something. So the question remains, you know, if you are going to be a corporation, what are you doing this for and why? And do you even have policies that allow for your LGBTQ individuals who serve you and work for you that allow them to be all of who they are when they go to work? I mean, Boston Pride itself, I think that it was under different leadership that frankly got carried away with the capitalism of it. I really hope that this new Boston Pride will will do better because what we are seeing is many of our folks who attend they are asking for us to go back to the roots of who we are and our what our community needs rather than bringing in all these corporations
1: so one of the things that 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 you have mentioned uh Julia is that um donations or support however it comes in 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 a in a, tan, in a tangible way really has to be twofold to support whatever the activity is so that's in observance of Pride Month, but also to go back to the community, that it has to be twofold. Explain why that's critically important to trans resistance.
0: Absolutely. Um, We are a grassroots nonprofit in the sense that the majority of our donations are, on average, $25, and they're individual donations. A lot of nonprofits will use grants. They'll ask for, you know, other types of funding we are not like that. The majority of the money we receive is from individuals. This is the first time this year where we've partnered with a um, bigger group who has offered us a significant amount of money and we're still reviewing of whether we even wanna do that in the future. And if we're going to take money, we want there to be some education and transparency around that, meaning that um, what is the impact of that group providing us money, what other things will they do to sustain uh, a positive impact on the Boston LGBTQ community? So, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into that. Um, We also, we know that even the Trans Emergency Fund to help their trans homeless individuals in their housing, I I wanna say, you know, even a year ago, two years ago, I wanna say it was almost, you know, uh, it was definitely above, you know, $7,000 Per month to keep that open, and that is like me being very conservative. And while I don't want to talk for them, my point is, you know, trans resistance. We're not just raising money for ourselves. We've given, you know, well over two hundred thousand dollars to trans emergency fund. And so it's things like that. It's not just thinking about ourselves as a group. We're also trying to think of who can we pay forward, who also needs the help. So I think that's um where I really think of how can other nonprofits and other groups celebrating pride. How do they consider a large portion of what they are receiving and how can they really plant it back into the community so the community can can thrive from that financial um, input?
1: If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. And here with me are Adriana Bolin, president of Boston Pride for the People, and Julia Golden, interim president of Trans Resistance M.A. We're discussing the past, the present and future of Pride. In Boston, now I want to broaden this out to the larger context. So my listeners and others uh, paying attention to this conversation are probably thinking there are some huge, huge issues facing the LGBTQ community right now, and a lot of it pretty dangerous. Human Rights Watch just declared a state of emergency regarding the kinds of attacks on LGBTQ communities, um, and that we know that there is the anti-LGBTQ legislation um, regarding people not getting access or being blocked to get access to gender-affirming care. So these are large issues, um, and they're roiling, that's the word I would use, across the country. Uh, So as your organizations face into that um, and using this moment to come together both to, celebrate, but also to acknowledge um, what was done before and what has to be done now. Just speak about where you're at and how does it feel now? How does this Pride Month feel for you, Adriana, considering what I just said?
2: Well, considering what you just said, so before what you just said, how does this Pride Month feel? I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Um, One for not just our pride parade and festival but just how we've come together and all that's going on but after what you just said exhausted our community is under attack in so many different ways and i'm grateful to live in massachusetts where there are still so many things we have to navigate in our everyday lives depending on the identities we hold the privilege and power we have but just across our our country and in our world too in different areas of the world where we can't even be with the person who we love or who we want to be so it's exhausting um to 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 be in a world where you can't be yourself or even explore what yourself looks like so excited for pride month it's i'm exhausted and to me um it just it means so much i love that we're coming together in pride month but we always come together and we need to always come together because that's how change is made so that's what pride month means for me but that's what That's what this time means for me. We need to come together and there's so much to change.
1: Julia, where are you? You know,
0: I think trans resistance could have been called trans acceptance, trans inclusivity, but we're called trans resistance for a reason. I think our job is to always be asking our community and the people who um, are hoping to serve the trans community um, responsible as well as really just inquire about what efforts are going to be made to ensure that the trans community is able to experience joy um you know acceptance it goes beyond tolerance <laughs> um and that we're allowed to have leadership and love and we can simply exist you know i think it's really important to understand being trans non-binary right now um in the nation just existing is a form of resistance. And how tiring is that itself? Uh, it, it's a problem. And so I think that, yes, June is one of my favorite months. It's like a holiday season for me. And I'm so excited about all the tabling trans resistance we'll be doing among other prides. But again, it it does come at a cost. And the cost is that, um, you know, we receive hate mail. We receive conservatives sending us emails and, and hate mail and, I think that is really exhausting at points, but at the end of the day, we chose trans resistance because no matter what, we will be doing the work, we will be questioning, we will be asking for more because our trans siblings deserve more. And I'm and I'm proud to serve in that role of being the interim president. Um, and I'm hoping in this upcoming year, we can find someone who is uh, black and trans to really lead this group because I feel that that is what is needed for our next step um, to go back to the root of of what trans resistance really means. As someone who's non-binary Latinx, I can't can't propose to say I know even everything, right? So we always have to be questioning ourselves, let alone others. And I think that that's how we grow. And I'm I'm excited to question these things because um, I think that it allows for folks to really critically think about what it is that we're trying to accomplish here.
1: Julia, one of the things that you said as we were preparing um, for this conversation is to, to be clear that uh, trans resistance did not ask uh, Boston Pride to dissolve. Um, you say we asked them to fix the problem. So where are you feeling now about the progress toward fixing the problem? I'm, I'm clear that uh, you're not where you think it should be, but... Have we moved closer to what would be um in your mind some real progress?
0: You know, I think um it's important to mention again that Boston Pride and Boston Pride for the people are two different groups, right? So I think we have to allow for this group to show us what they're capable of. And I think what I've always been asking from any group moving forward is I want transparency in numbers, you know, again, everything in trans resistance we go from anywhere from fifty eight thousand dollars to sixty eight thousand dollars to run our festivals in march and i could tell you where each and every dime goes um we're doing it volunteer we're not getting paid although that'd be great too but my point is i want all groups to have this transparency i want all groups to really have um a list of not just missions or values but Really, what are the outcomes and how are we reporting that out? And how are we being held accountable? Um, you know, I think it's uncomfortable for people to feel like trans resistance is holding them accountable at times. And I actually really hear that and I respect for any group that is even willing to have a conversation with us um, because it is hard to be held accountable. I myself work on being accountable all the time. It's not easy. It's work. So do I think that this next group of pride um is where it's it should be at? No am i willing to give it a chance uh, i wouldn't be on this call if i weren't i would i would be probably protesting right so <laughs> i think that this is what we need to do is i'm willing to be open but i think that there does need to be tangible tangible steps moving forward of how do you recognize that while you're not the same boston pride that caused harm how do you move forward and acknowledge the harm that was caused and allow for others to to move forward and not just heal, but know that there is a plan. I always say, hope is not a plan. I love hope, but it is not a plan. We need tangible, um we need tangible skills and steps that allow us to know where we're moving forward. And again, I would love to have had the city be a bigger part on this conversation, and I I am a little disappointed in that. And I think there are so many other groups, though. I cannot wait. Hear from them who are smaller grassroots campaigns, who I think are equally important on this conversation. Uh, Trans resistant doesn't represent everyone. We are one group. There's so many other groups that we could be hearing from today. Um, so yeah, I want to acknowledge
1: that. Okay, um, Adriana, you have heard what they have said. Uh, where do you first answer my question about where do you feel like the progress is going? And again, making it clear as Julia did you are not Boston Pride. You are Boston Pride for the people. We know two different organizations. But having said that, um, you'll be looked upon as the the biggest organization, I would say, uh, moving Pride Month forward at this point. So that's a responsibility. And um, so how do you respond to what uh, Julia has said?
2: I respond by saying thank you. And this is something that Julie, Julia has shared with us many times and we've talked about. And I wouldn't have it any other way, having trans resistance and many other groups hold us accountable for the role that we are aiming to take, which is to organize our city's pride parade and festival. Um, So I, I say thank you. And I also say like, and the work keeps going. We're not looking to reach a point of or we don't believe that like with the parade and festival that we've planned this year, that we've reached a point of perfection and have completely fixed everything or, or, or healed areas that need to be. We want to move humbly and are aiming to move humbly. We want to present what we feel or what we've aimed to be community informed and to have that continuous feedback loop of information of. Um, what we're aiming to do, what our actual outcomes are, everything that that Julia mentioned, right, I wrote down as we were speaking, acknowledge, heal, and plan. Um, we want to be able to follow that path and have it be a process that the community is actually a part of. And we've aimed to include community in our planning up to this point for the parade and festival, and that's not going to stop. Um, and we want people to, 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 um, to, come and share with us on where we are lining up as far as it is to our mission. Um, I think it's really positive everything that Julia shared um, and look forward for us to continue to build that inclusion in our organization.
1: So last question to the two of you. Um, Pride is not just the communal experience for the LGBTQ um, community, but it also is an outreach to others, um, a way of building awareness and also to um, try to amplify allyship. So what does allyship uh, look like to each of you now in this moment? Um, and I've laid out some of the, uh, the critical issues that the, the overall community is facing. But um, as you celebrate and as you observe, um, what's allyship to you, uh, Julia? Julia?
0: At trans resistance, we actually don't focus on allies as much. Um, we, we appreciate them showing up and doing the work alongside us. We appreciate if they go out and vote, if they're right to, you know, their main politicians in the area and talk about trans equity. Um, I actually rather take my time and focus <clears throat> on just telling my trans siblings that you are here, um, we see you. We will continue to fight alongside you and advocate for you. And if you want more information, support, you know, feel
1: free to con- connect with trans resistance. Okay. Um, same question to you, Adriana.
2: Allyship for us looks like be acting in alignment with our mission, the one that I shared with you in the four principles. And it's also understanding your role in the context of what's happening in this world. So in the context of the the experiences that that our different marginalized populations experience and what your role is in either provoking or alleviating that work. So it's both understanding your position in that context and being in alignment with the four principles that we mentioned. That is what it looks like for us
1: in action. Well, I thank both of you for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Adriana Bolin is president of Boston Pride for the People, and Julia Golden is the interim president of Trans Resistance MA. Coming up, if you like to sip your wine sitting by the ocean, wait until you hear about a new wine that has aged in the water, the Arctic Ocean seabed, to be exact. It's our Food and Wine Roundtable. That's next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley.